Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Hey there, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutters, our barista, and today we celebrate the feast day of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. And coming up in just a few minutes, we'll be joined by the pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish, Father Leo Conley, to chat about Mother Seton and some of the great things happening in Seton Parish. Then coming up at about 8.20, Jen Rice, the Director of Missionary Discipleship at St. Brendan the Navigator Parish, and the MC for next month's Columbus Catholic Women's Conference will join us to talk about discipleship and the role that the conference plays in deepening the faith lives of the thousands of women who will attend. Tomorrow, the church celebrates the feast day of St. John Neumann. And at 8.40ish, Father Dan Dury, the pastor of St. John Neumann in Sunbury, will be with us to talk about the saint and the parish he pastors. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dave. How's that for an introduction, huh? It's quite an introduction. You know, as you were saying that, I was just wondering, Neumann? Neumann? I know. Maybe we can get into we're that in at some we're point. We're in Central. It's Newman. I, I mean, let's just... But uh, I wonder the actual, what his family, how his family said it, you know? I think they said Neumann. You think so? I, I do. They're not from here, so... All right. <laughs> can you start us with a prayer? In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for another day. For our, all your blessings that you pour out upon us especially those that we we don't recognize. We thank you for your graciousness. Lord, help us to rest in you today, especially when life starts to feel a little hectic. Help us to just turn to you in those moments, to feel your love, to be present to you, and to love you in return. We ask that the example of your saints shine brightly in our hearts, that we may follow their good example. We ask for Mary's intercession so that she can always lead us to her son. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amanda. Yeah. Tell us about your volleyball skills. <laughs> well, they are very much um, in process. <laughs> so I, uh, okay, per our conversation yesterday, about resolutions, air quotes, <laughs> because I'm not really a resolution kind of person. Right, you're a goal person. A goal kind of, uh, more like vision, vision for life. You know, okay. oh, this year I want to be maybe more proactive about things that I do or um, put myself out there more. Yes. So, okay. yeah. Like a resolution. Go on. Not exactly, <laughs> but. <laughs> so, yes, that's that was one of the things. I pushed myself to join a team, even though maybe I have some hesitancy about if I'll be very good. And a part of that is true, but I also had fun. So. Not, well, that's what it's about, right? <laughs> right, right. Does the team have a name? Uh, getting diggy with it. <laughs> <laughs> you that's, a, that's a first for Catholic radio. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Get you a, dig. Dig. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that's when it's you go the... go low and right try so, to hit the ball. Yeah, yeah. Did you win? 
We did not. Okay. No, but um, I met some new friends and saw some some current friends, and so looking forward to building in some a new skill. Outstanding. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks. Try new things. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying a new tea. Yeah. I yeah. It smells um. Smells like a smoky. Like a cabin in the woods. Yeah. Sounds like it would be really good, doesn't it? Is it good? <laughs> it is very good. It's actually a Chinese black tea, Lapsang Su Chong. Okay. And what made you decide to try this new tea? I ran out of a version of it that's called Russian Caravan, which is a blended black tea. Okay. Using this black tea. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it, but I ran out. So I jumped online and, and bought a bunch of this. So I'm, I'm, a... I'm committed for at least 50 bags. <laughs> Okay, so I'm I'm assuming you like it because it's smoky. Yeah, I mean it has it has a real unique taste, and it has caffeine. That's a plus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So figured, you know, it's a new year. I I wouldn't say trying new teas is a resolution, but in the same spirit of you know just trying new things and Hmm. kind of like a resolution. (laughs) That's right. Kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> I think we have Father Leo Conley on the on the line with us. Good morning, Father Conley. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for being with us on this feast day of Elizabeth Ann Seton, the parish oh, that glad. you pastor. Glad to be with you. Yeah, thank you. So um, you're the pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish. How long have you been uh, the pastor there? Um, um, in my third year of being the pastor, mm-hmm. I came here in 2021. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about uh, uh, Seton Parish? Uh, when was it founded? Uh, it was founded in 1978, um, and it's in uh, Pickerington, mm-hmm. which was then beginning to get to be a growing area, and it has grown by leaps and bounds, and uh, uh, I remember when it was founded, and it, uh, I was in seminary at the time, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, and I could, and I lived on, uh, my family lived on the east side, so I remember there wasn't much out here, but it's a lot <laughs> different now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I grew up in Newark, and actually lived in Pickerington for about a year in the mid-90s, but growing up, that was like all farmland it was very rural and when i lived there in the 90s the growth was already in full swing and then even since the 90s the area continues to grow that's that's correct and um uh, perhaps even uh, it's moving more to the east and then also just south of us canal winchester area mm-hmm. is uh growing um, and since then, since the founding of this parish, then recent, uh, I forget how many years ago it was, they opened yet another parish just south of here in Canal Winchester. So mm-hmm. growth continues. And I believe uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was canonized in 1975. So the parish was actually founded very soon after her canonization. Correct. Uh, and the uh, first pastor was uh, Father Ed Fairchild, 
became Monsignor Ed Fairchild, and uh, I remember the the, uh, the first. Well, they went to uh, masses in a local school, and then built a small church. Then that had to be re-enlarged, and and then also then there was a renovation that uh, and uh, in 2017. So uh, we're celebrating also on our feast day then um, the dedication of the present um, church. Mm-hmm. As I was uh, looking over the life of uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, uh, she's the first uh, American, first American, first American, not woman or man, the first American uh, to be American-born. To be canonized. To be canonized. Yeah, yeah and I noticed in her life, I mean, she had a lot of challenges uh, as a young woman in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, married, her husband became ill, so they traveled to Italy to uh, hope for you know a cure. Um, he he died, I believe, actually en route uh, to Italy. But then she was taken in or supported by an Italian family for a while. Comes back to the United States after converting to Catholicism, and was really ostracized by her former church community and by her own family. And then was invited to go to Maryland, I believe, um, to help start a school. And what really stood out to me, Father, was that through all of her um, trials and, and suffering, she was really surrounded by some very good people uh, to support her and care for her. And that's what our parishes do. And, and from people I've spoken to at your parish and the, and the folks I know that that are there in uh, Pickerington and Reynoldsburg. Um, Seton Parish does a wonderful job of um, community and hospitality. Yes. Uh, one of the good things about, or one of, one of many good things about St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in her life, even before her conversion to Catholicism, um, because of uh, her family members, she uh, um, she grew in her um, she grew up knowing the needs of the of the poor, the needy, the vulnerable, uh, and uh, her uh, parents reached out to them um, with medical needs and other things, and so she grew up in an environment of hospitality and and reaching out and. Here at Seton Parish, we continue um, in that great tradition. We have a very active, as a matter of fact, I was with them a little bit last night, St. Vincent de Paul um, program here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we have several outreach programs this past uh, Advent, a week before Christmas. We uh, put together 650 food baskets down in Toyota County. Uh, our young people and some adults went down there and um, formed the baskets and distributed the baskets to uh, the needy. We also have a, a, a shoe drive that um, that we take shoes down to Cranks Creek area in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. We have a sleeping bag ministry here where our parishioners make sleeping bags and take them um, 
to get for the homeless people who have no shelter. Uh, we have a coat drive every year for uh, people who need um, jackets or coat drives. So and we're very um, we're very hospitable in that way um, and reach out in the tradition of Elizabeth Van Seaton. Mm-hmm. Has your personal devotion to um, to Mother Seaton changed since you've become pastor at, at Seaton Parish? Well, it's kind of a little bit of a paradox, really. In a sense, um, I have always... This is the first p- p- parish of the, which I've been a pastor which didn't have its own parish school, um, ironically, because she was very involved in right. formation of yeah. Catholic education um, in uh, our country, in the United States. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm very supportive of... Uh, Catholic education. I'm a product of it. I grew up in Philadelphia, where they had a large parochial school system. Um, so uh, <clears throat> we do have, from Seton Parish, uh, about 130 students that attend St. Pius School. We also have a very uh, active um, religious ed program here um, at Seton Parish. So uh, I I had been familiar with uh, John Newman, uh, who was Bishop of Philadelphia, very much supportive of Catholic education. Right. Well, I've come to a greater appreciation then of just how influential um, Elizabeth Ann Seton was in in the formation of Catholic schools and Catholic formation in um, our own um, nation. So uh, I, I was... I think I, I kind of knew it in the back of my head, but then now have um, come to further appreciate that. So. We're speaking with Father Leo Conley, the pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish, and we're talking about the saint. And actually, tomorrow we celebrate the feast day of St. John Newman. And, and oh, as, that, as that's we, appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that a, we're going to be speaking with uh, Father Dan Dury later in the hour. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you made that connection for us. And so these are two parishes, uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and St. John Newman, that are very much connected through their patron saints to education, but neither of the parishes have schools. And I like how you mentioned uh, Father Leo still the edu- the the focus on education in parish life catechesis and informing informing uh your flock in in being good catholics yeah that's uh, yeah that's essential um i think that uh one of the things that um we have embraced not only at Seton but throughout the churches missionary discipleship, that missionary part of making sure that our young people and our adult Catholics, I mean, I think this is a great um, gift in uh, adult religious formation uh, and to uh, basically uh, come to know the um, the Gospels, the teachings of, of the Church, doctrines of the Church, and uh, appreciation of the sacramental life of, of the Church, um, especially as it's 
seems that the culture is becoming more and more secularized. Religious formation for all generations is is a, a great gift, but also a great need. Uh, Father Leo Connolly from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish. Uh, do you have a, a relic of Mother Seton at the parish? We have several. Yeah, we have several relics. We have several statues of Elizabeth Ann Seton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we're fortunate in that then uh, one of the relics in the altar or under the altar um, is uh, of St. Elizabeth Van Seton. Hmm. And then it's not, even since I've been here, it's not uncommon that people will bring us relics of St. Elizabeth Van Seton. That they, some of them may have been found in people's homes or they came across them or whatever. Um, they're not exactly sure how uh, best to, to keep them or whatever, so they bring them to us. So, nice. yes, we have... Lots of relics of Elizabeth. <laughs> that's the that's the a great thing of having a somewhat I don't want to say modern, but um, a, a person of the last couple centuries becoming a saint. Relics uh, are more mm-hmm. uh, readily available. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be celebrating today, both uh, personally as well as uh, with the parish? Well, we'll have a special uh, Mass tonight um, for us, obviously, at Elizabeth Ann Seton. Today is a solemnity, so we'll have uh, the parish is invited to uh, um, a Mass today um, that we wouldn't normally have in the evening to mm-hmm. um, celebrate the Eucharist. Um, and then, basically, uh, uh, that's basically what we how we uh, mm-hmm. celebrate it so wonderful um, we were, were we were recently able to complete actually the renovation of the present church with uh, the last phase of it was uh, addition of uh, stained glass windows to the adoration chapel mm-hmm. um, also recently we re- um, added the uh, windows to the dome of the church, uh, and uh, those were the last parts of the renovation project. Uh, took a while for those windows to be finished, and so we'll be concentrating on those as well. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Beautiful community, beautiful church. Uh, to learn more, friends, uh, you can go online to seatonparish.com. Father Leo, thanks for being with us this morning. Well, have a great day and yeah. happy feast day. And um, when you talk to Father Dury, um, will you appreciate his allowing uh, the women to go first in terms of feast days and terms? <laughs> Ladies <laughs> first. <laughs> Thanks, Father. Fantastic. Happy feast. God bless you. Thank you. God bless. Bye. Bye bye. That was Father Leo Conley, the pastor of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in the Pickerington Reynoldsburg area. Visit them at seatonparish.com. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Jen Rice, who is the Director of Missionary Discipleship and the MC for this year's Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Stay with us.
O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need, your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of docility is seen in St. Dominic Savio. He lived docility heroically by his willingness to be taught. He recognized the goodness in his teacher, John Bosco, and opened his mind and heart to the Italian priest. Dominic's docility prepared him well to accept the Lord's call to leave this life at the age of only 14. His readiness to welcome grace gained him eternal life. Let us ask St. Dominic Savio to pray for us, that we too may grow in docility. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn. We're getting diggy. <laughs> You're a volleyball player, Dave? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to people that weren't with us at the beginning of the show. We were talking volleyball. Right. The Lady Diggers. <laughs> no, actually, it's a co-ed team. Oh. Yep. Okay, and what's the name of the team again? <laughs> Come on, Dave. <laughs> getting diggy with it. Getting diggy with it. <laughs> you just it. wanted me to say it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. I love language. And yeah, well done, whoever came up with that one. Joining us now in the cafe is Jen Rice. Jen, good morning. Good morning, Dave and Amanda. It's so good to be on. Hi, Jen. Be careful. Hi. Be careful how you say it. <laughs> is it really wonderful this time of day? Your ears must have been ringing yesterday morning, were they? Yes, I listened. I listened to you all every morning on my ah. drive from St. Charles to St. Brendan. Twenty five, twenty five minutes, and so I heard my my ladies on. I was so proud of them and so excited. So yes, my ears were burning. right, and they had lovely things to yeah, say. Yeah, burning, about you. not ringing. If they were ringing, that would be tinnitus, right? So. Yes, and that's a problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're the director of missionary discipleship at the wonderful St. Brendan the Navigator Parish, right? Yes, I am. I'm actually in my, this year is 10 years on wow. staff at St. Brendan, and but director of missionary discipleship for the last year and a half. Mm. You know, actually, Jen, when I heard your title, I thought, well, I wonder what she does. So what does your job imply? So I am the support and the encourager, so I like to call it, and the pioneer. Um, we create programs and ministries we support the ministries. We really support that culture of missionary discipleship in the parish. And that can be 
you know, anything from men's and women's ministries to our service organizations to adoration. Um, just there's a lot under that roof. But it's really executing that mission and vision that Father has and our team has and really supporting the ministries to just make it happen because they're the ones who really do all the work. We're just here, I'm kind of here in the background, pushing them on, encouraging them to do their very best and um, bring the kingdom. Well, that's important. I love how you use the word pioneer because we're actually talking about two pioneering saints today, Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth Ann Seaton whose feast day we celebrate today, and then St. John Newman, who we celebrate tomorrow, were both pioneers, uh, especially in, in terms of uh, education and religious education. The growth at St. Brendan, you, you said you've been there for 10 years? Yeah, 10 years this month, hard to believe. <laughs> and, and, and you've had quite a bit of growth up in, up in your area, or over yeah. in your area, depending where you happen to be. I happen to be five minutes from St. Brendan, so uh-huh. it's like I always feel like small town Hilliard has actually become bigger town Hilliard. We are expanding, you know, we're seeing lots of families move in, lots of developments, and so we're we're really getting large um, and being able to minister to all of our parish area, which is pretty large at this point. One of our listeners who also happens to be married to me. <laughs> just uh, said the theme of this year of prayer in our church is, leading up to the Jubilee year next year is Pioneers of Hope. So there's yes. that word pioneers again. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's going out and, and just exploring how can we make a difference? How can we bring Jesus um, in ways that we maybe we haven't considered before? You know, how are we how are we meeting people where they are? And I'm a clinical social worker first. And so my motto has always been meet people where they are. And so we need to be pioneers and be thinking outside the box of how to how to bring people home to the church, how to bring people to the table. I we we've spoken to um your youth minister and uh we got to know uh well we know how uh, Deacon Doug and and Lily and and Lisa and the whole Iglesias clan. One thing that's really stood out to me with uh, your your ministry programs is that invitation. Um, and, and I think your youth in, in the parish do it exceptionally well by inviting classmates from public schools and from uh, life outside of any church uh, to participate in in this fellowship. And you'll find the same thing in our men's and women's ministries, young adults, too, is we, we invite anyone to come. So in our women's uh, studies that we, we have, the programs that we run, we have non-Catholics, uh, and we embrace them. Just come and be with us, because we all have something in common, and that is the love of Christ, and to be able to support each other as women and support each other as men. So it's, it's really beautiful that we're not confined um, by any kind of boundary here. That boldness is so important right now um, in the life of, uh, I think, the life of our culture, our society, as well as the church, to be bold with uh, and, and confident in what we have and to, as you said, um, just make it available to to all people. Not, not to be ashamed or timid uh, about... Uh, about our love of Jesus Christ. 
Right. We have something so, so beautiful, and our lives should reflect that beauty. And when people see that, they want to know, what is that? Why is she like that? Why is he like that? What's going on over there? What's going on at that St. Brendan? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and then we bring them in and they come and you know come and see what the gospel today. Yes, Jesus says, come and see. Let me show you more. Let me just get you here. And so we talk about like let's bring them in and let him do the rest of it. Jen, what what has been your personal experience with that invitation or that you know? drive to go deeper and and get into women's ministry and everything? I did not get into women's ministry. They kind of told you, Rhonda and Lori have the same kind of story that I do, that, you know, it wasn't wasn't a part of my life, actually, until about 10 years ago when we started something back up here. We had had the Women's Club, which was more of a service organization, and it got very burned out because of the doing, doing, doing. And I discovered uh, Walking with Purpose when I went to an amazing parish conference, and said, we got to bring that here. And so that became that, that prayer and that scripture study and that fellowship. That was honestly my first real experience with women's ministry. Hmm. Because, you know, I have triplets, right? So triplets that were born at 26 weeks, and I was, that was my life for so many years. There wasn't room for anything else. And I really definitely could have used <laughs> some women's support back then. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's it's a blessing to have it now. And to see, you know, other women, younger women being able to, to partake in that now and encouraging them to come and, and be supported. And it sounds like you're still a chauffeur to your triplets, right? Dropping them off at school. Yeah. Is that what you're... <laughs> yes, very involved. I do have one driver, but uh, you know he's not ready to take his brothers because that changes the whole dynamic in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Soon, we hope. <laughs> yeah. Jen Rice, the director of missionary discipleship at St. Brendan the Navigator Parish, is with us this morning here in the cafe. Now, you also take on a new role this year with the women's conference. You're going to be the MC. I am the MC. I, you could have picked me up off the floor when <laughs> um, Michelle Nicholas asked me. She's part of the leadership team there. And they wanted to have a local woman, a, you know, a, someone local who is in ministry who could, you know, shepherd the women through this day. And I immediately said yes. That's, it's such an honor. I get to do that here as an MC for our programs and shepherd in that way. But to be able to do that for you know, hopefully 2,500 to 3,000 women is, is just going to be wonderful. I'm very excited and humbled at the same time. What's your experience been with the women's conference? This is coming up on Saturday, February 17th, um, primarily as an attendee, right? Yes, attendee and parish captain for many years, mm-hmm. uh, getting women there, inviting women to come. Um, I I love it. So I love the day because it is so full of fruit for us. We don't stop a lot of times, women, and we don't just be. And this allows you a whole day away. You know, we we will go to a spa day for our bodies, but we need a soul day mm. for our souls. We really need that refreshment because we're doing so much. We're giving so much all the time. And the energy with all of those women, all those sisters there for the same hunger, 
um, the wonderful nuggets that we get from the talks. And then my favorite is adoration. Adoration brings me to tears every single time. Yeah, in the men's ministry, we don't use the word spa day necessarily, <laughs> but uh, but uh, it, it's a similar approach. Yeah, just to set aside one day to yeah. be with brothers and sisters, um, uh, again, to celebrate uh, our faith and meet up with old friends, make new friends, but then also, and I know the women do this really well, as, um, as a springboard into going deeper so it's just not a one-day event it's a launching pad or uh, a way to start anew and take whatever that next step is yes and then to be plugged in to what we what we have available so the women that we see that we sit with together at the conference we invite hey we're doing this next you know please come join us um please come you know and and see what we have to continue your faith journey so it's a, it's a good way to connect and then bring them closer. So then have you seen maybe the fruit of not only, like you said, in each woman's individual life with that like spiritual spa day, but, but have you seen it being trickled down into the parish as well? Yes, we have seen new people join. Women have joined our Bible studies and um, they become more active. They start, you know, coming to adoration. We have adoration Tuesday through Saturday here, and um, you'll see them sign up for an hour. So I, I definitely think that that conference really lights a fire mm-hmm. um, in, in many of the women. Mm-hmm. And was that part of kind of your personal experience once you started going to the conferences? Yes, definitely. You know, especially adoration, because that's we didn't have that for a long time, and I had not had a lot of experience with it. So just being present for that with all those women and just seeing the reverence and the beauty, um, then that made me want more. You know, I want more of Jesus. This year's uh, Women's Conference against Saturday, February 17th at the Ohio Expo Center. You have a great lineup of speakers and it really is something for uh, for everyone. Heather Kim, one of the co-hosts of the Abiding Together podcast, which our, our friends are very familiar with. Father John Burns... Claire Dwyer, um, wonderful, wonderful book on St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Uh, she's the author of uh, uh, a pres- This Present Paradise. This Present Paradise, yes. yeah. Excellent. And I know yeah, a, lot of, uh, a lot of women have uh, read it individually as well as in groups. Uh, a priest that we've gotten to know a little bit, uh, Father T- uh, Timothy Anastas, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be one of the speakers. He's in uh, Illinois uh, campus ministry. And then Archbishop Timothy Broglio, uh, who is originally from Cleveland and is uh, a member of the, I, I believe he's still serving as uh, president of the USCCB. So mm-hmm. that's great. And Marie Miller will be leading worship. So are you allowed to have a favorite or one that you're looking most forward to hearing from? I feel like I'm going to be a fangirl. You know, just like, okay, keep it together. Let's just introduce the speaker without breaking down. <laughs> um, Heather Kim, I'm very excited. Of course, I listen to Abiding Together. I love I love listening to her um, beautiful face. And then Claire Dwyer, we did as a small group read her mm-hmm. book last year, and I can't wait to meet her. So those are my two, but I, I'm sure everyone will be incredible. 
we've gotten to know the speakers, and I encourage our friends to listen to the great podcast and a program that Emily Jaminette and Michelle Fanley do for St. Gabriel, Inspired by Faith. So you can look to uh, our website, stgabrielradio.com, to listen to uh, previous episodes with each of these speakers. And then while you're at stgabrielradio.com, you can also register for the 2024 Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. So exciting time of the year. It's so exciting. And it's such a pick me up in the middle of February, right? <laughs> good point. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Let's pray for good weather also. Yes. So, yes. I do remember the, the snow one. I, we, we braved the snow and got there. But please, please, Lord, let's have beautiful weather and get everyone there. Amen. 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 Jen Rice, the Director of Missionary Discipleship at St. Brendan Parish, and the MC for this year's Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Jen, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you so, so very much, and thank you for what you what you all are doing. It's a wonderful show to listen to on my commute. Thanks, Jen. Come visit us. I would love to. Anytime, please. We'll pour you, you a coffee. Yes, and maple <laughs> syrup, too, right? Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> well done, Jen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a good one. God bless you all. Bye. Bye. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Father Dan Dury, the pastor of St. John Newman, or Neumann will get the correct pronunciation from the pastor. Coming up next on the St. Gabriel Cafe. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. Uh, I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Uh, when I was in college, I ended up having a lot of questions about my faith, and I ended up leaving the church. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time. Gradually quit going. Went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person, I love it. And it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. 
If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. A skeptic once engaged me in conversation saying, yeah, I'm skeptical about everything. To which I replied, are you skeptical about that? And I actually got a chuckle out of his girlfriend standing nearby. You see, the claim, I doubt everything, refutes itself. If a skeptic doubts everything, well then he must doubt the claim, I doubt everything. Which of course is the same as saying, I doubt that I doubt everything. This is absurd. If a skeptic doubts his own assertion, I doubt everything, well then why even put it forward? Suppose my skeptic friend retorted, no, I'm certain I doubt everything. Well, this wouldn't help him either because there would be one thing he doesn't doubt, namely the claim, I doubt everything. No matter how a radical skeptic approaches his skepticism, whether he doubts it or affirms it, he ends in a self-contradiction. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we are thrilled to be joined by Father Dan Dury, the pastor of St. John, the burning question, Father. Newman or Neumann? <laughs> it's both <they're> both correct. <laughs> mm, that sounds I like a cop-out, Father. Yeah, come on, pick one. <laughs> Very politician-like, isn't it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the original German, of course, would have been Neumann. Oh. Neumann, and uh, since um, John Neumann's father and mother were from Germany, I suppose they would have said that, okay. would have pronounced it as such. But since we're in the United States of America, and the entire parish here says it Newman, we'll say Newman. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You okay. haven't been able to correct correct no, the I thousands tried, of people that. <laughs> I gave up like within a day. So, <laughs> so when when um did you become pastor at St. John Neumann? <laughs> About two and a half years ago now. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So a little yeah. bit of the history on the parish. St. John Neumann was canonized in nineteen seventy seven, and that's the same year that the parish was founded. Correct? That's that is correct. It was a very, very small mission parish of uh, that parish down south, St. Paul's in Westerville. And uh, they actually met in the American Legion Hall, if I'm not mistaken. And they, they quickly grew out of that and went to a, a local school's gymnasium for Mass and grew out of that and built their first church in 1983. And it was a small church. Uh, now, not so much. Hmm. Uh, it, it, a new one was built and expanded by Father Sizemore, and uh, now we're over 2,000 families and, and still growing. This area is booming, uh, as you may be aware, Delaware County. Yeah, we spoke um, to uh, Father Leo Conley out at uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton uh, earlier in the show where we celebrate her feast day today. And but Reynoldsburg and Pickerington and Sunbury have all just exploded in the last yeah. 30 years. That's right. That's right. And there's actually, you know, we anticipate much more growth in this area in particular, just because there is room to grow. Uh, Delaware County is very desirable, and you have Intel not too far. Mm-hmm. So we're anticipating that continued growth up here, which is exciting. A lot of opportunity to evangelize and bring more souls to Jesus Christ and to have people bring their gifts here. What's... um. Are a lot of Catholics moving into the area, and they're looking for a parish home? 
I, I guess it's yeah. It's I mean, both. there must be a, it, a decent percentage of the of the uh, total number of population to to be Catholic because we've seen hundreds of families grow or, or at, join to the parish each year. So, um, and the new housing developments are coming, so we can anticipate at least what twenty five, thirty percent of those being Catholic. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. And how's your RCIA program looking? Uh, I don't have the total number for this year. I think we're around 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that grows. That can grow um, as we move towards Easter. But, um, yeah, every year we have at least that. And uh, so the opportunity to continue to uh, evangelize and to, to grow that number. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me here if I'm wrong, Father. Did your first assignment as a priest, was that at St. Paul's? It was. Very good memory. So, so that was St. John Neumann South. I'm very competitive with St. Paul's, you know. <laughs> so that you, you, so we could say you were formed as a priest uh, at St. Paul's. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. It was the greatest time. I loved St. Paul's. It was wonderful. <laughs> Two years there under Father Klinger, uh-huh. Father Dave Gwinner, and very, very much enjoyed it. There's a school there, of course, as you know, very big school. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a wonderful uh, period of formation, and I do very much appreciate that formation I received from the priests and from the people. So from St. Paul's and directly to St. Catherine? Uh, no, went to Perry County for a That's year. That's right. That's right. And we had four parishes there to take care of. And then I was only there a year, and then I was named pastor of St. Catherine Eastmore Bexley area. Mm-hmm. was there for uh, eight years, enjoyed it very much. Uh, one of the greatest successes of the people uh, in my time there was to build the Adoration Chapel there. If you put people in front of Jesus, that's all you got to do. Get them in front of Jesus. Yeah. The reason I was kind of laying out the timeline there, has there been an adjustment or a big difference between being in more of a rural setting as opposed to a suburban or or urban? There's definitely a different culture, you know, and so you have to to take that into account, different challenges, different opportunities. So certainly, yes, I mean, there's that. Um, I enjoyed all of my assignments, really. Um, I think I'm enjoying now more of the country mm-hmm. <laughs> than the city, to be honest. And this is kind of a mix here in Sunbury. You still have some country. I'm looking outside my window now. There's this beautiful open field. You know, I see my deer, my turkey, and it's quite nice. But you're close enough to the city where you feel like you're part of that as well. So you have a mix here, which is really a good thing, I think. Let's talk uh, some about St. John Neumann. Did well, you have much of a devotion coming in into the parish, or no, how's your? Uh, yeah, I did not. I didn't know a whole lot about him, to be honest with you. Probably didn't even know how to say his name. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that I did know because I did study German in, in, in seminary. That's was, that's was about as far as it went. Um, but yeah, what an amazing man! You know, I know you were talking to Father Leo Conley before. Yeah, and we were celebrating Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton, who was instrumental in Catholic education in the United States. The same is true for, of course, St. John Neumann, um, really instrumental in the Austin Catholic school system. And when he became bishop of Philadelphia, he increased the number of Catholic schools from, I think, single, single digits to almost 200, uh, because he saw the need for Catholic education in a time when there was uh, anti-Catholic sentiment in, in the country. Uh, perhaps we could say the same now to some extent. Uh, so he was concerned about the kids' faith formation, and I know a lot of parents feel that way now. And so he said, we need a good Catholic school system 
to provide that faith formation uh, every day so that they're not, in some sense, indoctrinated in some other uh, belief system. So that was big. Um, but yeah, he, he had, a, had quite a journey to get here. You know, he was born in Bohemia, one of six. Um, great parents. His mom was particularly devout. She would bring uh, her kids to daily mass. Not all of them. She couldn't handle all of them, so she would bring two or three at a time and, <laughs> and kind of rotate, <laughs> rotate that. And she would give them candy after mass so that they had the connection with mass and candy. So they had a positive view of going to Holy Mass. And now it's Mass on. mass and Donuts, so things really yeah, haven't changed that much, right? That's right. <laughs> and we, we have yummy donuts here after our Masses on Sunday morning. Literally yummy donuts from Yummy Donuts. Ooh. Uh, yes. They're, they're, they're not an advertiser, so let's go on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they could be, though. They, they could, could be. be. We'll be reaching out. <laughs> but I digress, Father. So... <laughs> So in any event, he, he was very wise, um, good student, and after secondary school, he had three options in his mind. One was to be a doctor. He was in, very interested in medicine. The other was to be a lawyer or a priest. It sounds like a, a joke, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> right. his father was more inclined for him to be a doctor and his mother for him to be a priest. Well, his mom won the day, and so he entered uh, seminary formation got so far where he was in Bohemia, which is now modern-day Czech Republic, and the bishop told him, he said, we have too many priests, so we, we don't want to ordain you now. We have to delay it. There's too many priests. So you imagine that at the time. And so, uh, you know, he kind of was frustrated by that, but he, he was always interested in missionary work, especially overseas in the United States, because he heard there was a need for German-speaking priests. And so uh, eventually he made his way to the United States. He left his house uh, without telling his parents where he was going. Uh, his mom thought he was going back to school. Uh, well, because she didn't want him to leave, right? But mm -hmm. uh, he left his home with $40, $40, and basically one pair of clothes. And he made his way to the United States, Staten Island, I believe, and with $1 remaining, gets off the boat, and he says, where's the local Catholic Church? <laughs> and so he finds the local priest and eventually gets connected with the Bishop Dubois of New York, the Diocese of New York at the time, not Archdiocese. The Diocese of New York was about 200,000 Catholics, expanded into New Jersey, Upper State New York. Eventually, he would be ordained there by the bishop because they needed German-speaking priests. He had assignments in Rochester and Buffalo, he met a redemptorist religious-ordered priest, and he became interested in the order because it was, they were doing missionary work, specifically amongst the German population. So he, he joined that order, and, uh, and he ministered to German-speaking Catholics in Ohio, even, uh, Norwalk, Ohio. Wow. And okay. Yes, he ministered in Ohio. as a parish up there. Was he, uh, was he in an order before he joined the redemptorists? No, he was a diocesan priest okay. for New York, and then became interested with the Redemptorists and joined them. And um, Wow. Yeah, and so this caught the attention of the Pope. Uh, he was wise, smart, and he knew about six, seven languages, I believe. Uh, very holy man, uh, humble, and so he was named Bishop of Philadelphia, was ordained, consecrated bishop, actually in Baltimore, uh, to, uh, but for the Bishop of the Diocese of Philadelphia, and uh, started the Dawson school system. Um, 
so was instrumental in that. He died early, early, very early, age 48, um, walking the streets, running some errands, and fell over dead. And uh, so they enshrined him at the uh, National Shrine of St. John Neumann, or Newman, and there you can go visit his body. He's the uh, first and only American uh, male saint. Uh, uh, so that's... Uh, until 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 you pass away, Dave, and then of course you'll be the second. So, <laughs> yes, Saint Dave of Newark. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Have you had the opportunity yet, Father? Uh, we're speaking with Father Dan Dury, the pastor of Saint John Neumann in Sunbury. Have you had the opportunity to visit uh, the Saint's grave? I did when I was in seminary in Abbotsford, Maryland. We took a trip to Philly, <clears throat> and uh, he's in the. If I remember correctly, he's in the Undercroft, and his body is there. Uh, so you can go make a visit and get some third-class relics. You can. So yeah, it's a, it was. A, it's a special pilgrimage to make. I'd like to do that for our parish at some point. Take a bus trip out to Philly. That's a great idea, Father. Yeah. You know how they say that saints pick us. Well, mm-hmm. I, just a thought of why do you think maybe Saint John Newman picked to be a, the patroness of your parish there. Well, we have, it could be because we have some exciting opportunities ahead. Uh, there's planning in the works for uh, possible uh, high school and or grade school here. Wow. Uh, so it'll be the, it would be the first, if we do build a high school, we're still in the, in the very early stages of doing some study and planning. And if we do build a high school, of course, it'll be the first, I think, in 60 years in the Diocese of Columbus. But there's so much growth here. We did, we did do a study on terms of interest in it, it, it's overwhelming, you know. Uh, so that's clear that people want a high school in this area. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Okay, so yeah, so we need to pray. Catholic education. Here we go. Let's get some schools and make some disciples. Father, we have just about five minutes left. How are you celebrating today, and what, what what's going on at the parish on the feast day? Well, uh, tomorrow is the feast oh, day. Tomorrow, we're tar- going, tomorrow, that's okay. right. Yep. You need some more coffee L- there. Ladies, go more. first. <laughs> yeah, right. ladies, go yep. first. And so uh, we're going to have a Mass at 11, a special, of course, it's a solemnity, so no penance tomorrow for our, our parishioners only, because it's a solemnity on a Friday. But, um, but uh, we really transfer his celebration to September. We have an Oktoberfest celebration because of his German heritage. And we have uh, uh, the ma- big mass with the bishop and procession with the statue. We have live German music. We have German food, sauerkraut, bratwursts, and we have a fireworks display. So we do it upright, but in September because I'm not processing outside in 30-degree weather. <laughs> I, think, I, I think St. John Neumann would have. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's a saint and I'm not. <laughs> Um, do you have uh, relics of uh, St. John? We do, in the, in the altar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe they're bone particles. So relics are an important tradition of our of our church, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this a special way we connect with the saint and ask for their prayers. Um, one of the greatest gifts I ever received was, was some hair of John Paul II. I have, so I have some of his hair. Uh, I went to the Vatican, just yanked it out of his... No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, uh, they started collecting it, actually, and I got some from some uh, Polish nuns. So mm. it's it's cool. So, you know, these are important. Right. We're near the saints, and they're with us at the Mass. So this is an ancient tradition where, where they're usually put in the altar. 
I love it. So the website, stjohnsunbury.org, and it's spelled out, right? S-A-I-N-T, johnsunbury.org, to get more information on just your wonderful community. It's I love the people in your parish. So I do, too. I'm, I'm blessed to be here. I always say I'm blessed to be here. There's a great devotion to the Eucharist here. Uh, it's very special, uh, very tangible. Always a pleasure to have you. Likewise, with us, looking Father forward to this Dandry. beer drive so I can do that competition. <laughs> I was waiting for that yeah. to come up. It's yep. always rigged, you know, it's always rigged. <laughs> oh, we're out of time, Father. Sorry oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, uh, can you uh, leave us with your blessing? All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Dan Dury, the pastor of St. John Neumann in Sunbury, Ohio. God bless you, Father. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Ciao. Ciao. What a great show. And loved learning uh, more about our, our wonderful saints mm-hmm. and, and saints-to-be that will be coming out of the uh, festivities next month, the uh, conferences, the women's conference and the men's conference Saints in training, right? Yeah, we all are. That's right. So the early bird registration for both the women's and the men's conferences have been extended through this Sunday. So go online to stgabrielradio.com uh, to register for both conferences. Receive a nice little discount uh, and take the opportunity to get one for a friend or for your spouse. So, And tomorrow... We'll have the Sacred Heart Hour at 8 a.m. Father Daly, Chuck and Joanne Wilson, Mm -hmm. always a real nice way to celebrate First Friday. So, friends, thanks for being with us. We'll be back with you on Monday. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. A world without end. Amen. Love you all. We'll see you on Monday.